Good morning. Welcome into the Strong Tower Sunday School lesson. Uh, we are going to be start out in John 3, uh, verse 16. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some reasons why the Easter is a day for hope. Every day should be, but especially now that uh, the Easter holiday is coming up, um, but there is going to be a lot of hopes that people realizing exactly what the reason is instead of bunnies and chickens and candy and everything. And we want to bring out the, the real reason for the day of Easter. But first of all, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to to teach your word, dear God, and to be used of you. And God, now I just pray, Lord, that you would just touch my mind and my lips, dear God. Lord, that you will use me and speak through me, dear God, the words that you would have us to hear, Lord. That what someone may be lifted up or someone may be drawn nearer to you, dear God. God, I just thank you and I praise you for every wonderful gift and blessing that you have bestowed upon us. In it's Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doth truth, he that doeth truth, cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. You know, for many of us, this last year, uh, um, it's it's been rough. Um, you know, we we've had a challenging year. It's a, uh, you know to say it's been a challenging year is a huge understatement. Because we've faced uh, battles we've never faced before. We've faced difficulties we've never faced before. Fears, struggles, and things that we, uh, you know, it, it's been hard to endure some of them. But, uh, you know, some's walked through these times of deep loneliness and heartache. And others have tried to find healing while navigating through seasons of great loss. But through it all. Many, you know, the one thing that worries me the most is many have lost touch with the church and with God, and many find themselves drifting away from God during these uncertain times because, you know, so many churches have had to close down because of COVID-19. Some of them have came back in, and then they had to shut down again, and, and some of them have closed down completely because of the COVID-19 because they just could not afford to stay open. And people have just lost interest in going. You know, this is the time when we, we really need to have our hope in the Lord. This is the time when we really need.
need to have faith in God because he, he is the only one that's going to bring us through this to the other side. You know, I can't, I can't bring myself through it. I can't bring you through it. But by us joining together and us praying together and us worshiping the Lord together and holding fast and lifting one another up in prayer and fellowship, we can make it through this out together. And, you know, we find our, our selves in places where it seems like there is no hope. But you're not alone. Jesus came here for the very purpose of rescuing and redeeming our lives. He hasn't lost touch. He hasn't moved or drifted away from us. He was always patiently waiting for our return. And he, he give us all a, a fresh glimpse of his glory this Easter season. As we are reminded of his greatest love for us all. Here's some reasons why the Easter should remind us that we can still hope in Christ. No matter how far you feel or how far away you think God is from you. The number one thing that, that Easter is all about is Jesus gave his life for us all. Then that first verse in John three sixteen that I read is here, and I'm sorry, I'm First John three sixteen. Hereby perceive ye, perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Christ died for us. He died for each and every one of us. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you dress like. I don't care how you talk, where you got short hair, long hair. It does not matter. God, Jesus died for each and every one of us on the cross to redeem our sins, to forgive us of our sins. All we have to do is ask. It does not matter. You've ever been to the place, and have you ever been to the place where you really wondered if Jesus really cares or even loves you? Be assured, he does. And much more than you could ever really understand or ever really know. In fact, he loves us so much, he chose to give his life. as He, he chose to give his life as the supreme sacrifice. But the thing about it is, is he only had to do it one time. Where the children of Israel and the people back before Christ hung up on the cross, they had to uh, sacrifice animals, sometimes two and three and four different sacrifices a year, or maybe more. And they had to do it every year. But Jesus went to the cross for us, for our sins, hung up on that cross one time one time only and it was the plan of salvation was put into effect and it is still the same today we it's it's still the same forgiveness that god has that jesus had for us when he hung upon the cross as it is today and we still as children of god or as people as mankind we still have to ask the lord to forgive us of our sins turn from our sins and sin no more. We know, he knew that we needed a sacrifice. We needed somebody to save us. We were in a, a predicament to where we were bad and getting worse. <laughs> a whole lot like the world is today. 
you know, the more that I read and the more that I study about the children of Israel and them going through the desert and into the promised land, the more and more I see the world today being in the same shape and being in the same situation that they are. I mean, it's it's like reading what the world, how the world is today. When you, if you really get into it and you really study it and everything, there's no difference between the children of Israel and what the world is today. You know, they 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 come to God and they start following God and they start doing His command, keeping His commandments, doing His statutes and His judgments and everything, and then they backslide. God has to send something to wake them up, to get them back to where they need to be. You know, I mean, come on. Let's think about the the world and how that has been. There's been one disaster, one plague, one virus, one thing after another. And every time something like this comes, we start calling upon the name of the Lord and we start seeking him and everything. And then he He saves us he takes he takes the plague away or gets it under subjection and to where it's not um killing people and and making people sick anymore and then we start slowly dwindling back into the way that we were back following back the things following the things that we were before this happened so you know and i mean it really it just hit me a couple of weeks ago of just exactly how much the world today is like the children of israel after they got into the promised land. Not before, but after they got into the promised land. Christ offers forgiveness. Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. 1 John 2, 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. There again, don't matter what color your skin is, it doesn't matter where you live, it don't matter what language you speak, Christ died for everybody. Everybody. It don't care, the Lord don't care if they have tattoos, he don't care if they have piercings, he don't care if they have short hair, long hair, he don't care. There's only two type of people in this world as far as Jesus is concerned, saved and the unsaved. Now then, Christians, Jesus came into this world to seek and save those which were lost. What are we doing? We're worrying about ourselves more than we are anybody else. And and Jesus going to the cross, he paid a, a huge price. I know he, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. I mean, he earnestly prayed. He, he really, the human side of Jesus did not want to go to the cross. It did not want to die. It did not want to endure the pain that he had to endure and he prayed the Father to let this cup pass from me. Lord, I don't want, God, I don't want to do this. But yeah, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. He went to the, he went to the Father and he told him, Lord, I don't want to do this. But it's not my will, but thy will be done. You know, just, just uh, ministers, teachers, singers, 
just look back on your life and see how long that you ran before you actually started doing what God wanted you to do. You know, if we would have got to the point where that we had been like Jesus and said, Lord, I, I really don't want to do this. I, I don't want to do this. But yet, not my will, but thy will be done how much easier it would have been on us. Even today, things when God asked us to do things, we need to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Because in the end, we're either going to have to do it or we're going to, have to get, we're going to get a whipping. It's, it's just one of the two ways. Often the most difficult person to, for us to forgive is the one that's looking back in us in the mirror. As I'm sitting here and and I'm um, doing this live on Facebook, and, and my picture is showing up on my tablet. That's the one person right there that I I have the hardest time forgiving sometimes than anybody else because I I mess up and I do wrong, and it it wants to stay in my mind and it wants to be played over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, many years ago. Satan would bring things to my mind that I'd done years ago when I was out in sin. And I'd ask God to forgive me for those things over and over and over again. One day, Satan brought those things to my mind, and I started asking God to forgive me. And God just plain out asked me, what are you talking about? And I I just sort of stopped. It, It caught me off guard. And then I thought, Lord, you remember? No, Lord, you don't remember. You do not remember. Why do I keep asking for forgiveness from you for things that you don't remember that I do? And I, Lord, just forgive me for being stupid. <laughs> and, and you know, and I never did do that again because I don't have to ask for forgiveness over and over and over for things that I have asked forgiveness for. It's the things that I do now that I have to ask forgiveness for. But God, Christ promised to wash us clean from any sin, all sins, if we will come to him. There again, we've got to want to come to him. We've got to want to change our life. We've got to want to become somebody different. Give him the broken pieces of our life. You cannot put them back together yourself. You cannot clean yourself up enough to go to Christ. He wants you just exactly the way that you are. All your brokenness, all your filthy talking, all your filthy uh, things that go through your mind and all the things, he wants every bit of that. Bring it all, lay it down at his feet, ask him to forgive you of it, Leave it laying there, walk off and leave it, and let him clean you up. You can't clean yourself up. I don't care what you do. I don't care how many um, charities you um, um, apply for and work for. It don't matter. There's nothing that you can do that you, that you can work your way into heaven. The only way you're going to get there is through Jesus. He's the door, and he's the only way that we're going to get there. And the one thing that that Easter really means for me is Jesus rose from the dead, and he's very, very much alive. Yes, he 
he was tortured. He was his back was beaten. His his beard was uh, pulled out. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They hung him on the cross, and they made fun of him and they pierced his side and he died on that cross, and they laid him in a tomb. But that first Easter morning, oh hallelujah! They went to that tomb, and there wasn't nobody in it. He was gone. He had rose from the dead just to, just exactly the way he said he would. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for you and I today. This is, this is what Easter means. Matthew 28, 6 and 7. He's not here, for he is risen. They went to the tomb looking for him. And the angel told him, said, he's not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. Mark sixteen six, And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He's not in that tomb no more. Behold the place where they laid him. He's not in the tomb. He's not dead. He's alive and he's well and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for you and I. And we have the promise of an everlasting life as long as we trust in him, have faith in him, and do his will. His power, God, Jesus' power, it couldn't be contained in the grave. His love couldn't be conquered by death. His truth could never be buried and forgotten. Jesus rose again. He is victorious, and we can be victorious because that he is victorious. There has never been a more miraculous moment in all of history. I don't know of anybody that has went through what Jesus did and has come back to life three days later. He did not he did what no one else could do, our perfect Savior, raised from the dead so that we could be free. Free. Free from sin. Free from the the worries of this world. Free from the the addictions of this world. Free from uh, everything that's going on in this world. Free from Satan, free from sin, free and free as we can ever be. And we need to live that way. We need to live a life of freedom. We don't need to be going around complaining about everything because God has set us free. He, Jesus won the battle when he hung up on that tree on Calvary. And we won the battle because we have asked him to forgive us of our sins. And we are following him. So we are conquerors. We are free. And we need to live that way. He holds the victory over sin and death. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 57. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory. 
you know, as I was as I was studying for this this morning and uh, reading over it last night, I I remember a time when I would go to bed and I would toss and I would turn and I mean it'd be hours before I'd go to sleep. I'd finally just wire myself out and pass out. I think because I there was so many thoughts going through my head. What if a tornado came and hit the house? What if the house caught on fire? What if somebody broke in and shot me? What if, what if, what if, what if? But you know, when I truly give my heart and life to the Lord and I started following him, that thought came to my mind as I laid my head down on the pillow one night and I said, well, praise the Lord. God, get ready because here I come. And you know, I, I went right off to sleep and woke up the next morning and never thought another thing about it. But, you know, the, as the song says, I'm a winner either way, whether I go or whether I stay. You know, I've got Jesus by my side here, and he's leading, guiding, directing me. He's got a, I've got a hold of his hand, and he's leading me. And I don't have to worry about anything. Because anything that happens in this world, I'm just going to trade it for a better world, a whole lot better world. Revelations 1.18. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold i am alive forevermore amen and have the keys of hell and of death we don't need to worry about hell we don't need to worry about death you know i look at it this way this life that we are living here this is just a preparation for the life i mean i'm talking about the life when we leave this world and we get to heaven that's when i really start to live because at that point in time, you know, when we are born in this life, from the day that we're born and we take our first breath, we continually die from that day till we actually close our eyes in death. We die a little bit every day. And, you know, the thing about it is, is when we complete, if we give our heart and life to God and completely live for him and we leave this world and we go to heaven, we never will not one time, never will we ever get sick. We will never die. We will never. They would. We won't break no bone. There won't be nothing that will uh, harm this body the way that it does now. Everything's going to be perfect. Perfect temperature. Perfect sunshine. Perfect body. Perfect life. I mean, that's life. This is just preparation for life. But the very purpose of Easter is to remind us, no matter what we've been through in the past or what we might face today or what uh, uncertainties might come against us tomorrow, Christ still holds our future. He holds our tomorrows. He holds our todays. And in him alone is our hope or should be our hope. In Christ alone, we should have our hope and our faith and our trust. If you got your hope and your faith and your trust in Christ, you don't need anything else. It doesn't matter because the Lord has got everything under control. He got your life under control if you are in his hands and following after him. So we don't need to worry about anything else. God's got it under control. Follow him. Trust him and don't worry about everything else. But he's victorious over all. 
So we too, if he's victorious over all, we too have victory over all through Jesus Christ our Lord. He breathes new life in us so that we can live free. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Even though we were dead in our sins, and we, we didn't want nothing to do with the Lord, we wouldn't no, nothing to do with Christians or church or anything like that. <coughs> Excuse me. When we finally figure out just exactly who the Lord is and what the Lord can do for us, and we give our heart and life to him, we start living. We start living at that point. Ezekiel 26, 36, 36, 26 through 27. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away that stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. That right there is a definition of being born again, of being changed to be a child of God, to change to be a Christian. That's the very definition. A new heart. He give you a new heart. It, your old heart changes. Listen, if you went to the altar and you asked God to forgive you and you come out back from that altar and you're still thinking the same way that you were thinking, you're still speaking the same way that you were speaking before and you're still doing the things, same things that you are doing before, you didn't get nothing. You need to go back and do it all over again. Because we are supposed to become a new creature in Christ when we ask him to forgive us of our sins and we need to turn from our sins to sin no more. We don't do those things that we used to do. But we have, we have a new heart, a new spirit within us, a new desire, a new mindset uh, to, do different, to do differently than what we were. And we have a mindset that we want to learn more about this, this new life that we have acquired, not to go back to the things that we once did. Jesus promised us to give for life and freedom, both in this world, yes, in this world. Yes, I have a wonderful life in this world, a Christian life. I have a, a life that uh, is free from worry, is free from sin, is free from a lot of things that goes with sin. Worry about everything. And, and you know, I don't need to worry about everything. God's got everything under control. Give it to him. I've got a job to do. I've got a job to do. Now then, I need to concentrate on that job and not worry about all the other things that's going on in this world. Both in this world and in heaven to come. Without him, we're bound by sin in our own lives and the traps of the enemy. But through Christ, we are set free from fear and death. We are given new hope, eternal life, this gives, us, this gives us a fresh vision for tomorrow, for we know who holds us and our future securely in our hands. 
We know exactly who holds our life. We know exactly who is hanging on to us. We know exactly who is taking care of us. Because we don't have to worry about all this stuff. He gives us the Holy Spirit. This is the one that that um, that renews your conscience and, and renews uh, the spirit within you. Ephesians 1.13 In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That promise of, of the Lord give us the Holy Spirit so that we, we know that one of these days there is something that is bigger and better to come, and he gives us just a little taste of it so we will desire more. 1 Thessalonians 4.8 He therefore that despiseth us, despise us not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. He gives this to us. God doesn't leave us on our own to fend for ourselves. You know, we don't go to the altar and then, uh, you know, we don't feel any different or we don't know any different or anything like that and we have to figure this out on our own. No, it don't happen that way. God has got so many resources in this world for us so that we can learn exactly what we need to be doing, how we need to be living, and what the job is that he has in store for us. God's got a plan and got a job for each and every one of us. We need to be finding out what that is and seeking after that and doing that. But he graciously gives the, the, the Holy Spirit, filling us, strengthening us as believers. And he gives us the power to keep pressing through and the ability to live as Christ calls us to live in a dark world. His hope will never disappoint. He'll never disappoint you. But daily breeze, fresh renewal, strength, straight into our spirit. I mean, every day is, is a, a, a new day, a, a new beginning, a, a time to learn new things, a time to... Uh, just walk closer to the Lord, and you know we, I we need to start every day out in prayer and Bible study. You know that's that's the one thing that that I do that I guess is is the one most important thing that I've ever done in my life is to just get up every morning and pray and talk to the Lord and and then sit down and read and study His Word. No, I don't understand every bit of God's Word. I don't understand. <laughs> but just a very small amount of it. But the thing about it is, at some point in time on down the road, God is going to get, give me what I, the understanding of what I have read that I don't understand. He will give me that understanding so that I may use that to help someone else. But if I don't read it and I ain't never heard it, I ain't going to know about it. So we need to take the time to read. Jesus is interceding for us. <laughs> this is the one that that really, you know, the one thing that we can really count on. Romans 8, 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You have a petition, 
take it to Jesus. Jesus will take it to his father. And them two together, they will come up with the solution and they will, they will tell you exactly what you need to do. Romans 8, 26, 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You know, I, I, I guess I get a little upset sometimes, and I, and I tell the Lord, you know, sometimes I can't think of the words that I want to say, even when I'm teaching or praying or whatever, and, and I get a little upset. But every time that I do, especially when I'm praying, every time that I get upset and I, I just say, Lord, you know, you know. And this, this scripture always comes back to my mind. I don't know I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for or exactly how to pray for it. But God knows my heart and, and he knows what I want and and my spirit and his spirit is getting together and they're talking and my spirit knows me and so he's telling God exactly what that he needs to know. Whether I get the words out right or not, it doesn't matter because he knows me because my spirit is constantly talking to him. And in those times when we don't know how to pray or what to pray, we can remember that Christ himself is interceding for us. He knows our needs. He knows our cares. He knows all about what concerns us. He knows exactly what, uh, is, up, what is on our mind, who is on our mind, and what we want for the people that are on our mind. He knows all this stuff. And he's the only one that can that can bring us strength and peace and protection for the road ahead to move in the behalf of those people that are on our mind. He alone is able to work powerfully on our behalf, even behind the scenes where we can't fully see. A lot of times the Lord is working on our request before we ever ask him, but we don't know it, but we need to continually pray and ask God to, Work upon those requests and don't never give up. He never promised us that he would answer our prayers immediately. He just he just promised us he'd answer our prayers. But we've got to remember he's going to answer our prayers in his time, not our time. And and you've got to also remember if it's three or four years down the road, that ain't but just maybe an hour to the to God. So he's he's working fast. We just we just don't know it. But he will work on our behalf and behind the scenes, even though we don't know it. He's working. We can fully trust him in that and know he has the best in store. He has you know, we think that we have got everything figured out a lot of times. We know exactly what uh a person needs or exactly what we need or what our church needs or our pastor needs. We, we've got it all figured out and that's the way we pray. We ask God to, to move in that way when we should be asking, telling God what the problem is and telling him to, to fix it, to work up on it the way that he sees fit and in his time and know that he will do it 
It's not going to be the way that we think it is all the time, but it will be in the best way when it's finally done, and it will be in his way. Now then, we need to accept it and thank him for it and not get upset because he didn't do it the way that we think that he ought to do it. Because a lot of times, most of the time, about all the time, I ain't got a clue how it needs to be fixed, but he does. He calls us with purpose to live for him. <laughs> this is where a lot of us gets in trouble. We think that when we go to the Lord and we ask him to forgive us of our sins and, and he forgives us of, of our sins and everything, that that's it. That's all we're supposed to do. Now then, we just, we just sit down and we wait upon the Lord to come back and get us. Uh, that ain't the way it happens. Therefore, in Matthew 28, 19 through 20 go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world go ye therefore everybody Child of God, are you saved? Yep, you're supposed to be teaching. And, you know, the, the one thing that the Lord has been, been really laying upon me here lately is, is parents, we need to be teaching our children about God. We need to be teaching our children about Jesus and about him dying upon the cross. We need, I mean, not just on Easter or Christmas or, or holidays, every day. We need to be teaching him. We need to take the time with our children to sit down and read the Bible every day and pray with them every day, if, if, not, if nothing else, before they go to bed. Read the Bible and pray with them. Lead by example. Don't tell them how to live a Christian life and you not do it yourself because you are wasting your breath and wasting your time. Most, all these psychiatrists and all that will tell you that children learn more by, by example than they do by listening. You've got to teach them, but you've got to live that life so that they will know that exactly how that they are to live. So many times we want to send our children to church while we go off and make uh, make, a li make more money than we really need and, and, and make a name for ourselves and everything. And, and we send them to church or, or uh, send them off to, to let somebody else teach them their ways and we end up in trouble because look where the world's at today. Because we, the family life has broken down because mom and dad is too busy making money to spend time with their children take their children to church and to explain to them exactly the, about the crucifixion of christ and the resurrection of christ and the birth of christ and read and pray with them we just don't have time we have other things that we've got to do we ain't got time for that but it says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach your children. Teach teach your children to teach other people. You know, 
And this teaching, it may not be teaching like I'm doing right now or preaching or anything like that. It's proclaiming the word. It's telling other people about the Lord and about uh, the resurrection, the crucifixion, his birth, and, and what all he can do for you. Taking the time to let people know where that uh, he had where you were at one time or another when you were out in sin and where that you are now because of Jesus moving in your life and saving you and forgiving you of your sins. We, we, every one of us has a testimony, but I'd say 90% of us don't ever tell it because we don't think it's important. It's our business. It ain't none about everybody else's business. You know, if you know it, God says, tell it. It doesn't matter whether it's on you or on somebody else. If you know it, tell it. Somebody, somewhere, needs to hear it. Luke 4, 18, 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captivities, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Proclaim. Maybe not exactly preach. Preach, if you look, go look it up, uh, it means to proclaim, to uh, teach, to preach. But, you know, preaching is such a broad way. It's proclaiming the word, whether it be by your testimony, asking somebody if they're saved, praying for somebody at there's so many ways that you can proclaim the word to other people but we we have failed so much and even we don't even do that when life feels uncertain we're struggling to find our way out why because we we don't know sometimes the way out because we haven't took time to figure out exactly the way out because we're too busy complaining and griping because we're in a way that we are in whether it be financial problems uh, marital problems just something that is just coming against us we're too busy complaining about that to figure out just exactly how we got there in the first place and what we need to do to get out christ is a reason we have hope for the future. He gives us all we need to live for and the faith to believe that our very existence is much greater than we even know. If we could just really figure out exactly how valuable we are to God, we would change our lives totally. No, God does not need us, but he wants us because he loves us no matter what shape we're in, no matter what we've done. He loves us and he wants us. We may never know this side of heaven just exactly how valuable we are to God. How his light and his love shining through us can make a powerful difference in the world. I'll make a, a a huge difference in the world if we would just let our light shine. Christ reminds us he's always with us. Matthew 28, 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, 
even unto the end of the world. I'll never leave you. And he says, Amen. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. We, we walk off from him sometimes. We walk off from him. But the thing about it is, he's standing right exactly where we left him at. And when we figure out that we have walked off and left him, he hasn't left us. When we figure that out and we turn around and we start back to him, he starts walking toward us. He will meet us. It's like the prodigal son. When the dad was sitting on the porch and he saw the, the son coming up the path, he didn't wait on him to get up where he was at. He ran to him because his son had come back home. Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I shall not want. That right there says it all. He's my shepherd. He will, he will do everything within his power to keep me. I don't need, I don't need, I don't I never need for want. I, I want for nothing. Uh, he's going to supply it all. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, no matter where you're at. No matter what trial you're going through, no matter what tribulation you're going through, the Lord is right. He is going through it with you. Every step you take through that tribulation, through that trial, through those hard times, through the corona, uh, coronavirus, through uh, death, through everything, he's right there beside of you. He's got you. Just turn it all over to him. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So many times when we're going through hard things and hard times uh, we we feel like we're all alone and we we feel like there's nobody else around the lord has left us and and we're out in the middle of the desert and there's nobody around for hundreds of miles but he's right there with us he promises our peace that passes all understanding and let me tell you something there's sometimes i'm going through things and and i'm talking to the lord about them and i and i get to thinking and you know i'm Man, you know, even though I'm, got, I'm going through this and, and I'm talking to the Lord and I'm telling him about what I'm going through and everything, I, I'm not worried about it. I, you know, I, I'm just at peace. Um, and I realize that, you know, I've got to turn it over to the Lord and he's going to take care of it, so I don't need to worry about it. But remember, one thing, through it all, you're never, never alone. I'm going to try to get through this last one right real quick. I know this has been sort of long this morning, but this, this, I, I figured, I didn't figure I'd get through it all this morning. I figured I may have to do part of it next week. But 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are become. You should be a totally different person. Uh, and you're not going to be a completely wholly different person overnight. It's going to take you and God a lot of work to get you to where he wants you. But don't give up. Don't give up. Revelation 21, 5. And he sat upon the throne, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. I make all things new. Every day, every day, every day is a new life. Every day is a new experience with the Lord. Every day, you know, we, we need to get up every day and say, Lord, you know what? What is going to happen today that you and I are going to experience? How can I get closer to you today? How can I, I get into your word and understand your word a little bit more each day? You know, we, we really need to take the time to sit back and to think, what are my goals in life? What are my goals in this life? Uh, do I want more money? Do I want a better job? Do I want a bigger house? Do I want better cars? My goal, God, I want more of you. I want to understand your word better. I want the knowledge to teach the people. I want the wisdom to understand how to, to fit this all together with everything else in life that I have to do. Lord, I need you every day, and I need more of you every day, and I need more understanding of your word. And I want a closer walk with you more than anything. That's my goals in life. Things of this world, <laughs> I don't care about things of this world anymore. You know, uh, uh, there's things that, uh, well, I'm going to say this, there's things that I used to like to do a lot that uh, I... A lot of times I put them before the Lord. I, they were they were, they turned out to be my gods. But now then, um, yeah, maybe, probably not. I've got things that I need to do. I've got Bible study that I need to do. I've got I got some talking to the Lord that I need to do. But you know, depend upon Him, and remember remember what this this Easter Sunday is all about coming up. Remember about what all about Easter is all about. It's not about you. It's not about the bunnies. It's not about the chicks. It's not about the candy. It's not about the new dresses or the new suits or anything like that. It's about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he done for us. How that he died upon that cross for our sins and rose that first Easter Sunday. He arose from the grave and he walked among the children. And he's walking among us today. All we have to do is just call out to him, and he'll be there for us. Thank you all for listening this morning. Like I said, that might have been a little bit long, but, you know, it's all God's time anyway. And hopefully, if nothing happens, I'll get to see you all Wednesday night. So you all be careful. Stay dry. And I love you. Thank you.